0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. And I know it's been a while since my last upload of anything really political, but I was waiting for my mic to come in. I got a new mic. I got a a blue Yeti mic. I know high-end mic, a studio mic, to try to fill in the gap between my old mic, which would hiss, and I would try to figure out why it was hissing. And now I can have a better quality microphone, better quality sound. And thank you guys for waiting patiently. But originally, the podcast was supposed to be on the trio, which would be Ocasio-Cortez, Roshana Tlaib, and Ayan Amar. The three people who I'm surprised are even in Congress and a surprise that the, the two who are anti-Semites, Roshana Tlaib and Ayan the, the People in Minnesota voted for anti-Semites. And we got Ocasio-Cortez, who knows nothing about economics because if you associate with Democratic Socialism, because she she's the def- front runner for that. And she's, re- she's gonna replace Bernie. But, and she somehow re- wins. An economics award that comes into question who gave that award that another socialist did because last time I checked socialism doesn't give in money uh, last night te- it was capitalism as econ economy wise capitalism is always the economic system it, it always be for making money in free markets once you start ignoring free markets and everything and you become socialist that's not Paul that's not economics but straight politics and we shouldn't conflate the two to be the same it should just be separate politics and economics Socialism itself. Socialized economy is politics and it's not economic because when you're talking about economics, you really want your country to raise up, not lower its standards and become an economy where everyone gets paid the same. In reality, there's still elites on top and people are still on the bottom. The 99% are still on the bottom, the 1% is still there. Maybe we're not the same people, but the people who ran the revolution are the ones on top, surprisingly, all the time. So let's right get in. Let's get into the known cases of coronavirus. This this is the whole topic of the video. I got a little sidetracked there. There is 169,211 known cases of coronavirus, and there's 76,615 people who have recovered from the virus. And there's 86,104 active cases, 83,107 close cases. The death toll so far is 6,492. May people who died from the virus right now, and the people who are Because right now, the death toll, every time I refresh the page is going up, may they rest in peace and may God be with them. And the media up to this point has been using the coronavirus for political use instead of just taking it as a virus. What I mean is like CNN right now, like Don Lemon, was attacking Donald Trump's speech. And I, I, for instance, I know there is mistakes within the speech. But does that take away from his response to the virus? No, I don't think it takes away from his response. I think his response is pretty fair for what he's doing right now to stop the spread and push it to the summer so there could be some economic relief. For the two-week shutdowns of schools, and for some instances for a month and for the whole year, and for the 30-day European travel ban, I think these are great responses to the virus and National Guard intervention. I think these are great responses in general i don't think that cnn or don lemon especially don lemon to come on on any of the president's actions since he is biased in general have you seen him when you see him in the democratic debates when i saw him when i was watching them and he was moderating them he literally said donald trump's racist tweets you're supposed to be moderate where were they racist and that's my question why can't you just ask a question like what would you do the economic economically for our country you don't the the racist tweets that donald trump said that that makes you that makes you look great it's the left that makes you look great but the other half of the country does not and and i don't and before i get sidetracked let me comment on this point people who are on our general side who are conservative i want to say this the left is not liberal what i mean is is that if they were liberal, they would be able to tolerate other people's opinion. They're not liberal. They're radicals. And the, the whole leftist ideology has become radical. Liberals have no home anymore. Classical liberals have no home anymore. The, the radical left has taken that position. And liberals are now seen as conservatives, apparently, to the party because there's people who are leaving the left, the left because they have lost all the values that make the left great and that make libertarian values great because... I have some libertarian values. I believe in toleration. I believe in acceptance of different people and equality. That's, that's all fine and dandy. But well, they took it to a whole different level that they pushed all the classical liberals out there and pushing them into moderates where they're up for the pickings for classical conservatives. And as time goes on and on, people are going to see that how far the left will go, how far they will go to take a candidate down. And they're going to use the virus against him. To take him down for the next election, which is not gonna work. It is not gonna work in the favor of Joe Biden because the man's verbal gaps are funny enough where he forgets pretty much everything. He probably thinks he's in 2009, he probably thinks that he is the vice president of Obama still. And the 30 day travel ban, and the two week to month and to a year in some places for schools to stop educating is for the benefit for us right now because we're trying to slow down the spread of the virus of course and we're trying to have buy enough time for scientists to find a vaccine to fight treatments that work effectively against the virus and i think that's enough said about the virus itself we all know what we have to do please sanitize your hands cough on your elbow don't cough don't cough and not cover your elbow please and i'm not gonna think you have corona that's just Common human decency. It's not just corona. Just don't do that. It's just nasty and also We should really focus on other things just than the virus We already know the spreading right now You should keep you should keep count of the infection, but we also should keep count of the recovery the active cases the closed cases All the numbers that I stated every day and that, That's fine. But to use that as a political statement like a lot of left-leaning media sources is Something that's far beyond my knowledge, it's far, it's far beyond human like human decency, just stop. Enough is enough for politics, and there's always a time without politics sometimes. You don't need to politicize this, and that's what I mean. So let's get into the US and European markets as of right now. As of me recording right now, the Dow is 23,185.62 and the low was twenty-one thousand two hundred point sixty-two when closing. The market is going up slowly, showing some relief, but I don't think it's going to make a full recovery until the CDC makes some sort of breakthrough and stops the mass panic, which I mean is probably the vaccine that will come out in a couple months, maybe to two years. And, and maybe any effective treatment will probably make some sort of full recovery, but I think it would still be partial recovery since right now the virus is in its early stages and it's spreading. It's on a world tour right now. Um, on March 12, 2020, which was last Thursday, the FTSE 100, the Dow, and the sap 500 hit its worst day since 1987, which would make it worse than Black Monday, which hit in 1987. Shares around the world plummeted. At, that, at this point, investors fear that the spread of the coronavirus will destroy economic growth and fearing that government action will not be able to sort out the decline right now. At the start of the trading day, on Thursday there was an automatic suspension that happened the second time this week and it was resu- the trading resumed 15 minutes later shares continue to fall drastically and losses on the European indexes accelerated after the Eurozone's central bank failed to cut interest rates although it did pledge to interest it did pledge a fresh stimulus measures to be implemented and you see this right now and i'm gonna say it now the european union is being tested for the second time and even before the coronavirus outbreak there's been a lot of talk of italy actually leaving if there's another crisis and maybe this is the crisis that will make them leave the european union and the eurozone while italy was begging for aid the eu appeared to delay and the member states were annoying the calls for solidarity they were just sitting there and waiting and waiting they were waiting too long until this got really bad and Italy had to take its own initiatives and close their own borders which is affecting their economy heavily right now the box office in Italy has officially faced their crash right now their stocks right now are destroyed by their isolation and now we see the European Union finally dumping billions in aid for Italy and actually helping Italy, Italy with some economic relief but as long as they keep being isolated, it will get worse before it will get better for Italy right now because they're actually suffering through a lot more than we are right now because they're completely cut off. They have shut down pretty much everything to stop the spread of the virus from getting worse and worse. And it's sad to see right now that the European Union is finally taking initiative when it should have taken initiative a long time ago. And you should, instead of listening to Italy when they said close their borders due to the virus in china but they decided not to they decided to keep them open and this is what happens when there's no cohesion between the nations and that when you have a union specialized for communication between all of europe and it doesn't work this is what happens also by an article by the financial times it states that among the eurozone's 19 members italy stands out as the one that never fully recovered from the sovereign debt and bank crisis that swept across the currency union after 2010 Italy's manufacturing sector shrank by a quarter in that crisis, and many of its banks loaded with government debt remain fragile. And what I mean is that, let's make it a bigger perspective, they right now have 2.3 trillion dollars in debt right now, and joining the union did not decrease that debt at all, and actually has done nothing for Italy, and has no economic gain, and it's just more bureaucracy on top of bureaucracy. It makes the process a lot slower for times of crisis like right now. For people who don't know what the Eurozone is, it is basically a monetary union of 19 out of the 27 European union member states that have adopted the Euro as their common currency. And the monetary authority of the Eurozone is the Euro system, and Italy is the third largest economy in the Eurozone, and the eighth largest by nominal GDP in the world, also the twelfth largest by GDP in the world. Italy is a big player within the European Union, and if italy leaves the european union it may cause other member states to leave and finally europe will finally be a place where there will be individual sovereign nations instead of a group instead of a union that is just more bureaucracy on top of it and actually making it more difficult to get through a time of crisis and thank you guys for listening to the podcast and stay tuned for next time where i talk about the european union and i'll see you guys next time